Welcome to Alive with Jesus. The two most important issues for you and everyone is whether you are alive or not and whether you are with Jesus or without Jesus. Alive with Jesus is focused on growing your faith by knowing truth with certainty, building on a solid foundation of God's word that gives you fulfillment and passion on purpose. Our verse is 1 Thessalonians 5.10, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Join us as we build on a solid foundation so that every day from now through eternity, we are truly alive with Jesus. I am your host, Stuart, and with me is Nathan. So let's pray before we get started. God, thank you again for this time to look at your word to praise you, to glorify you, to submit to you, learn about you, to understand you and how we can please you more. So bless this time, bless this podcast and bless those that hear it. We ask this in your name. Amen. So in this one, I thought we would just go through an entire book and that would be the book of Jude. So it's, it's a short book. There's only 25 verses. And I should have looked it up on the podcast. Nathan, can you look up how long it takes to get through Jude? Uh, Nathan did an awesome job setting up all the books of the Bible and audio. If you check out the Alive with Jesus channel and go to the complete uh, Bible section, it's there in the setup in the Old Testament and the New Testament. How long is it? Uh, Jude is a whopping three minutes three minutes for the entire book. And if you do it at two X, that's a minute and a half. I think it may take us a little bit more than a minute and a half to go through this, but, um, it's amazing to me, just, just stepping back for a moment, we've got this letter written by Jude, of course, it's written by God. God put this here for us. And so you, there's theory about what the church was like, what people talked about, what they preached about, what we should be talking about and what we should be doing as Christians. And then we have actual fact, what we actually know that is given to us in God's word. And as much as possible when you're reading the Bible or listening to the Bible, if you can listen to the whole book in one sitting, that is desirable because you get the context of all of the little verses instead of just pulling out one. As an example, first Corinthians chapter 13 is the love chapter. And a lot of people like that chapter. They like love. So they'll pull some verses out of there and do that. But if you don't, you, you don't always place first Corinthians 13 with first Corinthians five or first Corinthians six or first Corinthians 15. We have a tendency to compartmentalize. Uh, we take our beliefs by taking a single verse and coming up with all kinds of conjecture on it. But when you read like the entire book of first Corinthians all in one go, a lot of those verses that are our favorites don't necessarily mean what we thought they meant or what we use them for all the time. So that's just a, a 
fun fact. And I, can you see quickly what First Corinthians is? How long First Corinthians is? Yes, First Corinthians is forty-eight minutes. Forty-eight minutes to get through the entire book of First Corinthians. So at two x, that's twenty-four minutes. So if you get a half-hour commute or a half-hour workout or something like that, you can get through the whole book in 24 minutes it's a great book because it's got the gospel in it first corinthians 15 has all the gospel in it and there's just a lot of practical things first corinthians 7 is on marriage and uh, there's just so much good stuff i mean the whole bible has good stuff but when you listen to a whole book it means something different so we're going to go through the book of jude and i want you to to imagine getting this letter from god today and and you know maybe it was read in your bible study or your church or just an online message that a pastor or preacher or someone spoke imagine this was their presentation on a youtube channel or podcast or something what would be the response of social media today, of the world today? How would it be accepted? How would it be approached? So we're just going to read it as it is, and we'll see what we learn. Starting at verse 1, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. So he's writing this to Christians. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Earnestly contend for the faith. That's a little different than passively um witness by example lead by example just let your let your actions speak louder than words now that those are bad things i'm not saying that i think your life should model uh what you're preaching but it, a lot of times when that's said it's almost saying you shouldn't be argumentative or preachy or something well he's talking about exhort and earnestly contend for the faith, that's a little different. So this is something that is important. Verse four, for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So there's, He's referring to deception. They crept in unawares and they're trying to change doctrine. They're trying to deceive people. And that's who he's exhorting them to contend with ungodly men that are condemned. He says they're condemned. That's not very nice to say. Verse five, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. Ouch. And do we really, and, and 
I want you to think of this at a personal level as well. It's real easy to look at the Israelites and say, oh, they were bad and God destroyed them and, you know, that's them. But when it comes to us, what are we like? Do we remember what God called us out of and are we living the way in gratitude and praise and thankfulness to God for what he called us out of, what he got us out of? Eternal life in heaven is what he gave us to get us out of hell. Are we like the Israelites? How how do we treat that? How thankful are we? You think the Israelites would have been, you know, they got they got brought out of physical slavery and bondage. Americans today, we don't have that. We're we're spoiled for the most part. We have food, we have entertainment, you got internet, you got electricity, plumbing, air conditioning, you know, sure, there's some that don't, but in general, we are not called out, we weren't saved out of the physical torture that the Israelites were. And yet, when you think about it, this is, I mean, this is God, this is scripture here. He's saying, remember, God brought people out. He saved them from from Egypt and afterward destroyed them just randomly, just haphazardly, just because he's mean, because they believed not. That they did not continue their belief. They went through the Passover. They did all the rituals there. In the Passover that God told them to do, they crossed the Red Sea. They went through the wilderness, but he destroyed many of them that believed not. So he's telling us to remember that. Well, why would he tell us to remember that? Just for a, a pop quiz, a history test? It's, it's to remember what God is like. Verse six, and the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. So here's another group. You have angels that lived with God. This is the spiritual realm. They were with God at his throne day and night. Have you been there? I haven't. I haven't seen it like they've seen it. I didn't experience God face to face like they did. And Satan deceived a third of them and took him out. And what did God do when they deceived? That he's like, oh, you guys, come on, stop doing that. Just, you know, I'm going to put you in time out for a little bit. And now you can come back and now everything's good. Is that what God did to the angels? No. No. They followed Satan and he sent it. I mean, reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of. I don't want that. And we think. Are we so proud to think Satan can't deceive us? If he 
if he got a third of the angels in God's presence it, it, in the spiritual realm, if he deceived a third of them, you're telling me, ah, we're good. He can't touch me. He can't deceive me. I'm, I'm just going to be good. I'm going to be nice. And that's all I got to do. I'm not sure. Verse seven, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So, so far we have three examples that are given that we're supposed to remember and contend for the faith. And it, it specifically says they're given as an example. This, this God wanted us to see that. If he didn't want us to see it, if he didn't want us to learn something from it, he would have left it out. Just don't put it in there. Why bother putting it in there? But he's trying to get us to remember. And notice he points out fornication. Fornication. That's... um. Today, now we're going to go back to uh, verse four. Certain men crept in and awares who were before old ordained of this condemnation of godly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. So it's, uh, how, how do you get to a point where Sodom and Gomorrah got to? It's a good question for actually the whole, those three different groups. How did you go from being slaves in Egypt, physically tortured, see the 10 plagues, cross the Red Sea, the amazing power of God right in front of you, and then you grumble and complain and you start building other gods and get destroyed? And, and because it's a story that we've heard or we read, Sometimes we don't think about how did you get from point A to point B? It's probably point A to point Z. There are a bunch of little points all the way through there of, did God really say that? I mean, look at, I mean, does God really love you if you're out here in the wilderness or if God really loved you, he would have just transported you immediately to the promised land. If God really loved you, you would have given you more than this manna to eat. If God really, it, it's little by little by little by little. And finally, there's the point of no return. Same thing for the angels. Did Satan, did, did that just happen? Now, some of this, I grant you, is conjecture. I'm just, I'm trying to help you think about life and God. Uh, th this is things that I think about for me where I look back at my life and some of the stupid, wicked things that I did, how did I get there? How did I do that? It wasn't just overnight. It wasn't like I'm just off somewhere and just flip a switch and the next day, you know what? I'm just going to blah, 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 blah. There's, there's little things, little thoughts that come in that cause doubt. There's little, well, you know, fornication. Is it really that bad? I mean, everybody's doing it. They haven't died. I mean, sure, there's some STDs, but, you know, just have safe sex. And, you know, it's got, it, people's not, God's not striking people dead for fornication. So it's not that big of a deal. What's the, I mean, we, we love each other. So what does it really matter? Right. 
it's it's those thoughts that aren't brought into captivity of obedience of Christ that lead us to a certain point. And that's at a personal level. Look at the national, on a national level. I, um, depending on your age, this, this may be a more difficult task, but of course, in the last 10 years, things seem to be snowballing more so than other. But I want you to think back five years, five years ago, where the movies, music, books, general consensus in the world, more righteous and moral or less righteous and moral than they are today. Think back 10 years. Are we, are we, um, more righteous today in general as a nation? Is there less pornography, less, uh, fornication? Let's specifically what we're talking about here. Um, divorce rates, um, child sex trafficking, child molesting, uh, what are the rates? Suicide, depression, anxiety. Are we on a trend upward or are we on a trend downward? Where is love for God right now? Where is repentance compared to 10 years ago? Where is our view of sin compared to 10 years ago? Now, some of you may be too young for this, but if you look back in like the 1950s and you were to take the most, uh, oh, uh, what's the word I want? Um, obnoxious song, music, movies. What was the worst thing in God's eyes that was happening in the 1940s and 50s? as far as music and, um, even pornography, you know, I mean, was how rel how prevalent was it? Was it all over the place? Uh, how many, how much nudity was in movies in the fifties? How about the sixties? And then you go to the seventies. There's, you see this trend where fornication wasn't glorified back then. Uh, nudity wasn't language, divorce rates, marriage, uh, all this stuff. And then you, you come up today, you know, it, it's, I, I can't even recite the lyrics on some of the most popular songs that are out today. How did that happen? How did we get here from 40 years ago, from 10 years ago, 20 years ago? So I'm, I'm trying to, and it's easy again to point at others, but this is, I'm talking about a personal life. How do we get to the point where it's acceptable? It's okay. We tolerate it. How is child sex trafficking tolerated? How is it not just, why are we talking about any sporting events? when the stuff like this is happening. Who cares about some of the, I mean, you, you look at the role models today, the celebrities of today, 
with the stuff that's going on that we all don't talk about that we're going to talk about Epstein Island how why how, how is that possible how do we get distracted and we're more concerned about our latest Netflix binge that we're going to do or the latest show that comes out and even those shows you you see the progression of what was considered okay compared to uh, the Dick Van Dyke show back when it was black and white, the things that were considered taboo or wow, they're really crossing the line with this one on the Dick Van Dyke show compared to what is all over television today. Huge difference, but sorry, I'm going to continue on. Verse eight, likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke thee. This is Michael. So even in Jude here, the second to the last book of the New Testament, it's talking about angels in the spiritual realm. And I think we should do a whole podcast soon on angels that are mentioned in the, the spiritual realm. Verse 10, but these speak evil of those things which they know not, but they what they know naturally as brute beast and those things they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. So he gives more examples in the Old Testament, all the way back to Cain and Abel. Then he goes to uh, core, which is, uh, in when they were in the wilderness. And then he mentions Balaam, uh, who someone tried to get Balaam to curse the Israelites and he couldn't, God wouldn't let him curse them. And yet Balaam did tell them, well, we should probably do a whole thing on Balaam. There's just so much here. This is a little book. And yet he's look at everything that he's referencing in the entire Bible. He's not given the theory of, you know, today's society, here's how we should approach. He's saying earnestly contend for the faith, and he's given example after example of stuff in the Old Testament that we should be in remembrance of. Verse 12, these are spots in your feasts of charity when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees, whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Wow. I, I, I noticed, did you notice, did you catch that? These are spots in your feasts of charity, feasts of love. And this, this is what he talks about a feast of love, this is the consequence here. If we're not earnestly contending for the faith, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever? Wow, I, I don't want that. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for anybody. Verse 14, and Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these saying, behold, the Lord cometh with 10,000s of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them 
of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. You got the word ungodly four times. Is it four? Right, four times in there. And what was the last time you heard people today talk about ungodly? It's, it's not discussed. But Enoch prophesied, that means it's going to happen, that the Lord is going to come with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon the ungodly. When do you hear about that? That's what's coming. And then you read Revelation, the very next book, and it's all through there. I don't want that judgment on me or anyone else. So I better find out what God considers ungodly. Verse 16, these are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lusts, and their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. Wow. Do we have any complainers in society today? With everything we have, <laughs> that's, it's like all social media is murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust, mouth speaking. Okay, so, sorry, keep, and, and having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. The role models that we have are not the righteous, godly uh, people doing right. It's athletes, singers, uh, actors. Why, why? What do they do? I'll continue. Uh, verse 17. But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time which should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the spirit. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And if some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. That view of sin is not what we have today. Today, the view of sin is, oh yeah, I'm sorry, God, it's, you know, but you know, God's love, so he forgives me. Huh, let's go on. You know, it's 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 just a very different mindset than what Jude is is telling us. But he's telling us this is what it's going to be like in the last days. Now, and I I like in verse twenty two and twenty three how it's like and of some have compassion. So there's times when you have compassion, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. So it's not always one way. You have to look at the person, the, the spiritual battle that is happening, but recognizing it's still ungodly deeds that are happening. Verse 24, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Notice verse 24. Now a term that is able to keep you from falling. You're not supposed to try and do it on your own. If you try and do it on your own, you're going to fail. 
When we are weak, he is strong. This is why it's a daily, a daily thing for getting that armor on, armor of God, and examining yourself daily to see if you're pleasing God. And notice, uh, is, is able to keep you from falling and to present you mostly good, present you where your good outweighs your bad by at least 1%, presents you uh, all made up and and filtered uh, with the social media filters and makeup and everything else. Make sure you got your good fashion. Is that what it says? Present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Throwing joy in there, I thought was also interesting. This is our joy. This is what we're supposed to be living for. This is what brings us joy is being faultless before the presence of his glory. The joy of the Lord is, is my strength. It's, it's me making God happy because of living for him, not living for somebody else not living so I can be like a celebrity, not trying to live by the world standards, not defining life by the world standards, not measuring success by the world standards. And it's, it's to be, have him keep us from falling to present us faultless for him. That's, that's our goal. This, this short little book has uh, just to me brought out so many things. He like gives an entire review of the whole Bible from Cain and Abel to the Israelites, the angels, Sodom and Gomorrah. He talks about Balaam. He talks about, uh, Corey and, uh, I mean, he, and Enoch. He hits on so many stories um, that hopefully you recognize some of those stories. And if not, I would recommend listening, going through the Old Testament books on the audio podcast that we have at 2X. You can get through them really fast. Uh, so I, I hope this is helpful. Any comments, Nathan, Any, any anything that stood out to you on those? Uh, the the cool thing that I love about this that there are so many references in my in my Bible in my study Bible of so many verses throughout the New and Old Testament just just like you just mentioned like there there's some I want to reread the story of Balaam yeah I think we'll have to do that on an upcoming podcast there's some awesome stuff there so. There's a lot to unpack in this small book, and that's just awesome. Unpack and apply and take to heart. Uh, if if there was a summary of the Bible that was relevant today, if you had to pack it all into one little, I mean, imagine a, a YouTube or a, a some preacher somewhere that just says, hey, I want to give you a summary of the Bible in a nutshell in like 30 minutes. And it was this. What do you think the response would be um, of this kind of sermon today? Uh, it would be, uh, that was offensive. 
that's uh, everything, like I said, in the verse complainers and uh, murmuring. And so the deception is here. He's warned us. He's told us. Uh, it's a, obviously a high level overview, but it certainly pinpoints some really specific things that we can see happening today. So is the Bible relevant today? Yeah, it, it is. This, this letter could just as easily, if not more so, be written to the church today as it could have back then. So I would... <coughs> I would recommend reading it and checking out the stories that are hinted at at both of those. And um, it's very humbling to me not to take God for granted, not to take his word for granted, not to take his laws for granted, um, presented faultless. I, I'm not faultless. So I, but and it's easy for us as Christians, you know, we know we are sinners saved by grace. And a lot of times he's, well, no one can be perfect. And we just kind of toss that aside. Ha ha, nobody is perfect. But do we really take it to heart? Are we really sorry that we're not? Are we really striving for that every day for his glory? Not so he can bless us. Not so he will not punish us. Not so for whatever reason, are we doing it for him, for his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and ever. That's who deserves it. Let's close in prayer. God, thanks for your word. Thank you for Jude. Thank you for all the stories of remembrance that it brings together. You are amazing Lord and what you put in your word. And it's, we know it's relevant today as it was uh, then, even more so today. So grant us your wisdom, give us light into your word and help us to uh, prevent us from falling so that we can be presented faultless before you. We love you, we wanna serve you, we wanna share the good news to others so they can also be presented to you for your glory. So we ask you bless this podcast, bless those that hear it. We ask this in your name. Amen.